0: May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Try this statement on for size. I am a loving person. What do you think? I am a loving person. I'm guessing most of us would say, well, yes, of course, I am a loving person to some extent, at least. One day, a man came up to Jesus who was sure that he was. And he asked Jesus one of those big questions, the, the, the big picture, bottom line questions about salvation. He said, Jesus, what do I have to do to be saved? And Jesus realized this was a big question, so he wanted the man to think about it, so he turned it on him. And he said, Okay, what does the law say? What is God's law? Say and, and this man was a teacher of the law. He was an expert in that law. He had been studying God's law. He had probably heard Jesus talk about this a time or two. So he gives a really good answer. He says, well, God's law is all about love. Right? You can sum up all of God's law with that one word, love. Love God with all that you are and love your neighbor as yourself. Quoting Bible passages, hitting the heart. This guy nailed the answer. Love. And so Jesus says, great, great answer. Do that, and you're good. But you notice that's not the end of this interaction here. Because Jesus didn't answer his question. Well, Jesus answered the question he asked. He didn't answer the question he really had. Because God's law can't. He said, love, do that, and you'll be good. And, and, and the man realized that his question wasn't just, what do I have to do, but have I done enough? Is that a question that nags at you? I am a loving person, we said. <coughs> but am I loving enough? We think about it, I think we'll come to the same answer that the guy did. Because as we keep reading, I'll read it in a second. He, he it says that he felt he had to justify himself. So clearly, the law had done its job and, and shown him that his question wasn't so simply answered. He felt he needed to justify himself, so he asks another question. Who is my neighbor? Right, he had just said, Love your neighbor as yourself. Now, who is my neighbor? In other words, Let's narrow this down. I know I'm supposed to love, but, but who do I really have to love? And so Jesus tells a story that shows that all too often our view of love is off. Our love's focus is out. His story shows us what real love looks like. And that love's focus is out. Not out of focus like my eyes when I don't want to wear my my glasses, but but love's focus is out, away from myself. Let's read our text. It's the gospel appointed for this Sunday in the church here from Luke chapter 10. It's printed for you in the bulletin there. (coughs) On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? The next day, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. The Gospel of the Lord. Love's focus is out. The man wanted to know who his neighbor was. Who fit the bill for, for those that he actually had to show that sacrificial love to? What was his requirement? Who, who was he supposed to love? And we all ask that question. Well, at least we all answer that question in our actions and in how we live, whether we realize we're asking the question or not. So let's, let's think through it. Who is your neighbor? Who is on your list? The people that you will show sacrificial love to. And I'm talking practice, not theory. (coughs) Who's your neighbor? Let's start with some easy ones. Your kids. If you have kids, of course you are going to love them, right? You sacrifice for them. You wouldn't think twice about doing for them, especially when they can't do anything for you. Of course you are going to love selflessly for your kids. They're on the list, absolutely. And we could probably add the rest of the family, right? Brothers, sisters, mom, dad, aunts, uncles, cousins, right? We love them. They're our family. You you gotta love them. You'll do for them well. Well, except for maybe that one who just always does the wrong thing. They always say the annoying thing. They always try to pick the fight. They they just won't. They they, they just keep making bad decisions. Maybe maybe we'll leave that one off the list. But the rest of the family, they're on the list, right? Who else co-workers classmates neighbors right the people who live around you of course you want to be a good neighbor and so you do things for them you will show love to them you'll, you'll sacrifice for them well well the ones that you hang out with right maybe not the ones who have the the other political parties sign in their yard or or the one that when when everyone else is talking about them it always includes the statement well bless her heart but do you see where i'm going with this there are probably plenty of people that we don't love. We come up with plenty of reasons not to love plenty of people, not the way that Jesus talks about love, that self-sacrificing, others' first love. So we get the lawyer's question, right? Who is my neighbor? In other words, do I really have to love that guy? To look at the story. You've heard it before, right? You've got the, the man, the Jewish man who is beaten by robbers, everything taken from him. He's left for dead. His whole purpose in this story is to be the guy who has need, and he has need. He's bleeding. He's going to die unless someone helps him. That's this guy in the story. Then you've got the, the couple guys that, that you figure would help by their station, by their position in life. They're good guys, they should help, but neither of them do. And so the story makes you ask the question, why not? Well, you think it through. Okay, so this guy, he knew he was on a dangerous stretch of road because everyone knew that was a dangerous stretch of road. And so he kind of got into this himself and, and decides, well, it's a dangerous stretch of road. If I take a break, if I go over here and help this guy, the robbers are obviously out today. They might be hiding and, and, and then boom, I'm the next victim so i'll just walk on past plus the time issue i've got i've got things to do and you can think about their individual stations in life right the priest had his priestly duties to perform those were important and if he you know if he goes and helps the guy and the guy dies on him and he's touching a dead body that makes him unclean that makes him unable to perform his priestly duties until he waits for the time of his ritual purification to be done so well what's his reason i've got better things to do. And he did have good things to do. It's just that choosing that meant he was choosing not to love the guy who had need. Levite, same thing, except he's a servant at the temple. The priest would have been his authority, would have been the guy he looked up to and and respected, and the priest walks by, so, so maybe I should walk by too. His excuse became, well, Wanting to do what the people I think are important would say to do. And so he passes on by. And then you get the Samaritan. If anyone had reason not to help, it was the Samaritan. Because that was a Jew. He was a Samaritan. Jews and Samaritans hated one another. Think Jews and Palestinians today. All that stuff with the Gaza Strip and the stuff you hear in the news. That's what we're talking about here. They hated One another, And so not only would the Samaritan have had the danger of the robbers attacking him if he had gone over to help, imagine what happens if he goes over to help this Jewish man, and and this Jewish beaten, bloodied man, and he's there, and someone else walks by and sees a Samaritan with this guy who's all beat up. Who are they going to think did it? Well, of course it's the Samaritan. That's just what those people do, right? I mean, even, this was the mindset. Even uh, just a chapter earlier, Luke told about how the disciples had asked Jesus if they should call down fire on a group of people that they identified only by their race, Samaritans. So the Samaritan knew that if the tables were turned, none of these Jews would have helped him. He knew that he was putting himself at at great danger to to go over and help. Plus, he had business to take care of, right? That We read that later in the story, that, that he was on a business trip. He didn't have time for this. But you heard Jesus tell the story. No excuses. The Samaritan loved. The Samaritan was the the neighbor. Even the teacher of the law, the guy that was trying to trap Jesus, or trying to test Jesus, had said, had to admit it. And did you catch? He didn't even say the word Samaritan, what Jesus called him. He said, well, the one who showed mercy. That racism was was deep. But the Samaritans' focus was not in on what they thought of him or what they would do for him if the tables were turned. The Samaritans' focus was not in on what it was going to cost him because it cost him time and priority and money and safety. His focus was out. He saw someone who had need, and he loved helped so how about us where is our focus when confronted with an opportunity to show love are there times when it's in what's this going to cost me what will I have to give up are there times when it's in what are people going to think about me how will this make me feel? We come up with a lot of excuses. So check yourself. Or, or have you ever used any of these? Well, they don't deserve it. You've got to kind of back up on that one. Well, why, isn't, isn't that why they need the help? Right? That, that's what kind of makes it love. And, and why do I think they don't deserve it? Is it because they, they've made different life choices than me? Is it because they've, they, they, they've been in different circumstances than me? Is it because, even worse, they just don't look like me? They're not like me? Talk about an inward focus. Or two, well, I can't afford it as we go to our closet and pick out another pair of clothes that we're not even wearing. And, and guess what? There's one or two more beside that. And we turn up the radio on our satellite radio that, uh, um, that is in our functioning car. And oh, I can't afford it. Or I don't have time. As we're making our way home so we can stream our favorite TV show. Or, well, I've done plenty. Let someone else love this time. We make up plenty of excuses. So Jesus teaches us that real love has its focus out. Past all of those internal excuses, it has its focus out uh, on the one who has need, on our neighbor. And it's not just the story that he told that teaches this. It's the story that he lived. The story that he lived for us. Because, because we have all been in this story that he told, haven't we? All of our failures said that one time or another, we are that one and bloodied by the side of the road, attacked by all of those enemies, our sin and its shame, Satan and his temptations, our our, our own sinful desires, this world and its influence, we've been left for dead, attacked by our our greed and its guilt, knocked breathless by our, our lust aim that that brings, crippled by fear, left for dead by doubt, with no one who could or would help, and then Jesus came, and he didn't just risk his life. He didn't, just, he didn't just set into danger to, to come and help. He knew that for him to come to help, it would mean that he would give his life. He would sacrifice his life. He would die for us, and that's exactly what he did. He didn't just pour out some oil and wine to, to, to help uh, treat and bandage up our wounds. He poured out his blood to wash us clean and to cure every wound. He didn't just leave some money to make sure that we'd be okay for a while. He gave us everything we need to make sure that that we would be safe until he comes back. He gave us his word, his sacraments. He gave us his church, each other, to make sure that we would be safe with him until he returns. And when our focus is there, when when we see what Jesus has done for us, when we realize what it is that God has done, you realize we're not focusing on ourselves at that moment. When our focus is out, when it's up on Him, He so fills us with His love that our focus will naturally more and more be out on those who have need. Because He loved us when we didn't deserve it. We can love others who don't deserve it. That's what makes it love. May God fill us with that love more and more that that each and every one of us might again and again be that good neighbor in Christ. Amen. Now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let's rise and confess our faith using the words of the Apostles' Creed printed on page 11 in the bulletin. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated.